0: Hello, America, and welcome back to, uh, some people are calling it the hottest podcast out there today. Um, both of those people are uh, about to start speaking to you. I'm, of course, the <laughs> co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott.
1: All of America. You presume that all of America listens to us. We have one one uh, geographic location in, in America, and it's probably uh, Iowa.
0: <laughs> well, we we are we are actually worldwide. Uh I know that we have international listeners as well because I'm related to them.
1: Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh,
0: he doesn't brother, listen.
1: He quit a long time ago.
0: He he listens occasionally. Um that's that's what I found out about him. He my brother called me and was like, "Hey, what did you think of this movie?" and we had just reviewed it on last week's podcast. I was like, "I'm not going to tell you again. Just go listen to it." Um, <laughs> which is fun because now I have to talk to less people. I can just direct them to the social show and it ends up being far better. So uh, episode 127 this week. Uh, it's our Still first... no better. We Yeah, we should. Um, the first episode of the new year that features just you and I. Uh, last week, of course, we did our 2019 in review with... At
1: Jared Buckendall.
0: Which was a lot of fun. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to 126, make sure you go back and, and check that out. Um, and That was just a blast. Always good to have Jared on. Jared also, by the way, Seth and I just got done listening to his live stream with a big channel update. So make sure you're heading over to the YouTubes, At Jared which uh, that may be a little confusing because the name of his channel is going to be changing. This is Breaking News. Break yourself, fool. And that's when you break. Tight. Loose. <laughs> uh, JB, changing the name to uh, JBuck Studios. So uh, you'll have to hit them up on the YouTubes. I'll try and link to uh, the new, the new. it's the same channel, just new name. Uh, but make sure you guys are over there checking that out. Very excited for Jared and his big changes for the new year. Um, we are not changing at all because we don't evolve on this show. Uh, nope. that's actually not true. We've got some. We've got some fun new stuff actually uh, that we're going to get no, into today. No,
1: no, it's fun nude stuff. You mis. You misheard me.
0: Oh shit. Okay. Well, I'll have to get my camera fixed. Um, I broke it last time. In a very <laughs> how'd you case, do that it was, it, well yeah if i told you then oof, you'd be like
1: oh that's nasty
0: because it was there was some stuff going on it was uh, yeah it was pretty gross it was intense nice tight <laughs> uh so here we are episode 127 a lot of stuff to talk about we got uh oscar nominations came out this week so we're gonna we're gonna re- react to those uh, I certainly have a lot of thoughts. Uh, we're going to do a really fun Mambo number five, a couple of new segments today. So make sure you're checking out those. Uh, Seth has caught up on his We Miss the Boat. We've got a couple reviews from the weekend and uh, all sorts of fun stuff in between. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun episode. I'm really excited to jump into it. And uh, uh, listeners of the show will remember that this always frightens me to say, but Seth, you said you had something you wanted to open with. <laughs> what would you bring for us?
1: so i uh I wanna I want I need you to settle uh, I guess a, a a not a bet but uh a split vote here so mm-hmm. uh Jared recently had a, a movies and nonsense episode where he asked for some fan questions with him and other uh, mainly movies I think as her name was the the guest and he meant he said uh send questions or we'll have to rank french fries or something along those lines mm. and so in My question, I I sent a question, and in my question, I said, uh, don't forget about chicken fries, because he said fries, right? And he, in the video, said chicken fries don't constitute as as French fries or as fries. I want to know where you settle. I think fries is in the word. What What is the French part of the fry? Is that the shape? Is that a potato? What's going on? But... Where do, you, where do you lay? Where, where, what side are you on? Do you, do you think chicken fry is a fry?
0: You know, Seth, you've, you've put me in an awkward, awkward position.
1: Because I know uh, how much you love chicken fries.
0: I, I do. I love chicken fries. Uh, I really do. I love them. Um, and you are also my best friend in the world, uh, but I cannot back you up in this. Uh, I, wow. I do not think, I don't think chicken fries are fries. And I'll tell you why. It's a fry! I'll tell you why. Because I, when I get chicken fries, I also get fries. And you wouldn't get two types of fries, right? You wouldn't get crinkle cuts and curly fries and just eat that as a meal, would you? Well, <laughs> maybe you would. I don't know. I would not. <laughs> yeah, so man. That, that, to me, that to me is what disqualifies chicken fries as fries.
1: Dude, why do you think they call it Friday? It's because you have different types of fries for dinner.
0: <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could. Maybe during Lent you could, because you're not supposed to eat meat if you're Catholic during Lent. Um, you and I are not so us at all, but... Yeah, I, I'm afraid that I have to uh, I have to declare you the loser of uh, of that debate. Seth. Wow. Yeah, I know. I hate to do it. Well, bye. <laughs> what I will say, Jared, I I agree with you, and because I agree with you,
1: you get a fucking cookie and a star.
0: So congratulations. Um, which it feel, it's it's so much more satisfying to declare Jared the winner and Seth the loser in Seth's own voice. That is very fun to be able to do. So, mm-hmm. um,
1: my own butthole is gonna be in your mouth if you keep it up.
0: Oh, don't threaten me with a good time. Holy <laughs> yeah. cow! It sounds amazing. Give me what I want. <laughs> <laughs> So chicken fries, uh let, let's get the listeners involved, guys. If you're out there, uh hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook at SoCoShowPod, Show Pod and let us know are chicken fries fries? It's a very simple question. Yes, no. Fries Maybe are in
1: the title.
0: <laughs> I I just I don't I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Oh um, my god. Yep. I think you're on you're on the wrong side of history on this one, I, buddy.
1: I'm on the right side of history. And uh, you know, fuck you, you don't get no more chicken fries.
0: Oh, well. You live fifteen hundred miles away from me, so I don't think you get to decide whether or not I get chicken fries. I can um, make sure
1: chickens don't come to Oregon.
0: Well, can't you? Can?
1: Yeah, uh, I got a lot well, of friends. I got friends in low places.
0: I know that that is not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man,
1: I got um, I got fry friends who who protect the the the, the, the sanctimony of fries. That we don't let people besmirch the besmirch the good name of fries and chicken fries are fries, so you don't get no more chicken fries.
0: So here's uh, now I'm picturing you the fry like, friends, like late in the in the evening, putting on like a, a black cloak and uh-huh. going down into a, a creepy basement, and that's where your little fry cult hangs out, and you make decisions like the Illuminati, um, for for fries, and mm-hmm. you make the decisions about where and how fries are allocated and who gets them. And you guys are like the secret seedy underbelly of the American government, but you only deal with fries.
1: Yeah, we're the, the secret salty underbell, uh, underbelly of the government. Oh,
0: All there it. he is. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. We're getting some momentum here on this show. Let's
1: <laughs> and, and we wear brown cloaks, not black ones.
0: Oh, okay. How could I be so stupid? I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm sorry. You dumb sorry. son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Uh, let, let's roll on. Let's roll on. We got a lot of show that we're going to get into today. Uh, but before we do anything else, we got to hit you with some chic tweets.
1: I call you a punk. Man, he's, he's been tweeting a lot about sports the last couple of days. All kinds of football stuff, uh, a lot of baseball stuff with the, the Texans being, uh, being, not Texans, but uh, Astros being cheaters and uh, getting stuff taken away from them. Uh, but I'll just go with the most recent tweet that's not sports. Uh, he tweeted it today, the day we're recording on Tuesday, for hashtag Tuesday, Tuesday Motivation. Iron Sheik says, the most important thing is for for you to not be a jabroni.
0: Mm, mm. Truer words I've, I may never have heard in my life. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I dig it. I don't even think we need to further qualify. That's just a true-ass chic tweet. I call you a punk. All right, folks. Time to shout out our sponsors. First of all, AudibleTrial.com/Soco. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. Our good friend Steph Mathis can be found at Mathis Designs. You can link to that in our description box, or find it at Etsy.com/shop/MathisDesigns for all your stationary and graphic design needs. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. And of course, Mike's Wood. Uh, you can get your own handcrafted woodworking materials and decorations and all sorts of cool shit. So head on over to Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get that wood worked.
1: Work that wood at Mike's wood.
0: <laughs> That's it. Work that wood at Mike's wood. <laughs> that sounds like their, their jingle. We should probably, we should put that out for him. I think he'd pay us to make a commercial for him.
1: He would. I really do. Even though his, even though his business isn't even, in call, he isn't even called Mike's wood.
0: Well, no, but (laughs) That's a good point It's probably really confusing We're like, Mike's Wood And it's like, it's corn-fed and wet It's actually a really beautifully designed site That has nothing to do with, you know, dicks
1: Instead instead we fucking uh, Dismiss it to penis jokes
0: Yeah We're a detriment to We're negative advertising for Mike's Wood That's because we actually work for Jim's Wood You can find Jim's Wood (laughs) On etsy.com slash shop slash Jim's Wood it's the uh, the superior place to get that wood worked. Um, so mm, little yeah, did you know we are running a counter campaign against against Mike's Wood this whole time. Um, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, head over to Mike. Head over to Cornfed and Wed. I'm I'm forever gonna call it Mike's Wood. Sorry, Mike. Uh, we've also got one more uh, previously recorded ad for you. So let's get over to ourselves from like three months ago who are recorded giving <laughs> the following advertisement. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I sounded so young back then.
0: Oh my god, so much has happened between now and then. I, I, I really am a different man. I really am. Before we move on from Anchor, uh, of course, if you want to become a contributor, head on over to our Anchor page. You can link in the description box to the page where you can become a contributor monthly if you like. I want to give a shout out to our current contributors: Jared B, Mike V, and Fuck Q. We uh, really appreciate the support, guys. Uh, helping us grow the show. It's it's fun. We're we're like we're we're very much getting close as I stumble through my words to uh, upgrading some of our show tech and, and some of the, uh, some of the various things we need to keep the show running. So we really appreciate all the support you guys have shown. It's really helping out the show. And if you don't want to, or cannot become a contributor, uh, just keep clicking on all these episodes. Keep sharing them out. Yeah. Eat shit and die. If you're not a (laughs) contributor. (laughs) Episode 127, three listens. Um, (laughs) So uh, if you can't, uh, just keep keep sharing the episodes out. Keep clicking on them yourselves. Every little every listen helps. Uh, so we really appreciate uh, your continued following and support. Uh, thank you guys so much for for helping us do what we do here. I want to move on, Seth, from that into the main show. And so, uh, like I said, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here today. Uh, so we don't have time to cover everything, but we want to make sure we hit the major headlines. Let's get into some quick hits.
1: All right, we'll start off in movies since we'll be talking movies anyway. The most most of the the show today. Um, first off, uh, there was a lot of stuff, and I'm not going to go over it all because honestly, it just fucking it takes too long to write these. Sometimes and they're not even that good, not even that well written anyway. So <laughs> um, we we've missed a lot of news over the last three weeks though. Um, well, I'll just pick out some ones that I that I liked or were smaller. or got maybe got passed over. The first one: Warner Brothers using AI to decide which movies to make. Rumor is that they not only greenlit Suicide Squad with that, that technology, but they also let them make it.
0: <laughs> oh, that seems like a bad decision. I don't like it. It takes the art out. I don't. I don't. I don't want to take the art out.
1: No art out. Uh, we have a uh, a uh, another director move with the Uncharted series. Uh, Travis Knight is out as director. Reuben Fleischer is, talks to, is in talks to come back, uh, but rumor is that the movie will be called Uncharted, A Director's End.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. That's a bummer. I, I like Travis Knight's bumblebee, so I was excited to see what he was going to do, but we'll see. Maybe Fleischer will take it in a nice direction.
1: And then finally in movies, uh, something you, that you'll like here, uh, Holt Your Horses, Nicholas Holt cast as villain in Mission Impossible 7 and 8.
0: Yep, I don't care. I, I I don't even. I don't have. I don't care at all about Nicholas Holt. But the fact that we're getting Mission Impossible news makes me f- rock hard. I got to be totally honest with you.
1: In TV news, gross rock hard. Uh, kind <laughs> of go, goes into this one. If you smell what the rock is smoking, young rock TV show coming to NBC.
0: This is to me the dumbest idea. <laughs> That I cannot wait to see. Like I, am, I know I'm, I am I'm immediately it. obsessed with this. I want it so bad, but it sounds so stupid.
1: <laughs> I hope he's like beating up people. That'd be great. Get the lotion, Clarice. Silence of the Lamb sequel series coming to CBS.
0: Oh wow, that's it. <laughs> uh, that's I really hate the headline. Um, I don't know what I think about the sequel series. I mean, I guess it could work, but I don't know. It seems like one of those things that should should just not be touched. But who knows? Maybe it'll be good. I hope it'll be good.
1: And finally, in TV, uh, Peter Pan prequel series called "The League of Pan" in development at Sci-fi. No, or, no word on who will be playing the key roles of Peter Sauce or Frying Pan.
0: Wow, that all that I hate.' <laughs> that's so stupid, God. what's this prequel going to be like his childhood? his whole fucking life is his childhood this is I don't like it. <laughs> it's
1: the League of Pan
0: <laughs> Now if it, that's you you and your fry... Fry cults, like are are in a are in a centuries long feud with the the League of Pan. The League of Pan, and that's that's all you guys.
1: We will not fry our fries in a pan. It will be in a deep fryer.
0: (laughs) Oh wow. That's that's wow. That's all
1: right. That's the quick (laughs) hits.
0: Wow. That's great stuff today.
1: Thanks, man. (laughs) Appreciate it. Ugh, I was, was proud the of the pain hits. I was proud of the pain one.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I like the pain one. I'll be honest with you. Um, I just I just hated the news itself so much that I, f- I forgot to give the proper kudos to the headline. So that was well written, sir. Um, <laughs> quick hits are over and we have something something new that we're going to get into. Seth, you want to set this up?
1: Yeah, uh, we've kind of gotten away from doing some more uh, newsier segments. We used to do the what was it called? One word news. One, word, one summaries? word summaries. Yep. Man, I'm getting too old. I don't even remember what fucking bits we did anymore. That's how long <laughs> we've been doing this.
0: We've done, we've done a lot of bits. That's. There's only one word to describe you. And I'm going to spell it out for you. I do miss that sounder.
1: That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I still like looking up these weird stories. And part of that, the issue was with that, with that segment was that, uh, there's not enough weird stories. I mean, there's a lot of weird stories out there, but not a lot of like great ones to to read. So that that got tough to do. But I still like weird news. I, I like looking at it. So what I what I've uh, thought about uh, we we a few weeks back talked uh, t- uh, reviewed and talked about the don't fuck with cats and you know the crime stuff. And so I've been looking at some weird crime because that's that's. Definitely a weird, you know, that's weird that, I mean, it's, it's freaky weird, the don't fuck with cats, but I want to look at a little bit nicer things, a little bit uh, softer crimes. Maybe we'll go hard sometimes, (laughs) but um, (laughs) what I want us to do is take a look at that crime and come up with a pseudo punishment for, uh, for that person, whatever crime they had. So read off the story and then together we will come up with a, with a, a wacky, wacky punishment, out of the box punishment. That we that we must agree upon, and that will be called laughable punishments.
0: Ha! Got ha! I dig yes. it. I dig it. <laughs> laughable punishments. We're gonna fuck some people's lives up, but they're gonna get just what they deserve. We'll we'll, we'll be we'll be tough but fair.
1: <laughs> in the court in the court <laughs> the court of the law or whatever the fuck the we, that's what we should have done was the the law and order thing.
0: Yeah, these are their stories, except ours. Would yeah. be...
1: All right, so this crime uh, a woman claims sexual assault by restaurants' PP doll. I'm sorry, what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll explain the story. Uh, so, this woman, Isabel Lasseter, uh, she, that's a bad pun, has beef with a Japanese steakhouse in Tennessee where a chef sprayed her in the face with a PP doll in what her husband called a sexual style assault. Lasseter said, said that uh, she and her family were dining at the Wasabi Japanese Steakhouse on Monday when a chef produced a plastic doll resembling a little boy and pulled down its pants. A thin stream of water spurted from a hole located in the doll's genital area and hit Lasseter in the face. Nice. She wasn't happy. <laughs> he pulled his little shorts down and had a, a wanger and he squirted me what? right in his face. <laughs>
0: It says wanger 100%. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Immediately. Right. Immediately. This is paid off.
1: <laughs> uh, we'll now hear the restaurant owner side of things. Restaurant manager Johnny Johnny Huang said the doll is a common part of the show. Patrons get at dinner. Chefs use it to control flames on the hibachi. He said. The kids like it. They think it's a water gun. <laughs> Hang told the TV station. Uh, Lasseter's husband, James, called the spraying a sexual assault assault on my wife. The couple called the police and filed a report. So, wow. uh, this also happened in front of uh, grandchildren. This woman is very ugly. But, uh, <laughs> but.
0: So, that's the crime, right?
1: So, the crime is that this man sprayed uh, pee pee doll on this woman woman's face that had a little wanger. Um, claiming sexual assault, there is a police report repro- report filed. This man can take his fine, maybe even a little jail time, probably not, but a fine uh, with this, or he can take up our punishment. What do you suggest for a punishment?
0: Okay, so I, I do have an idea immediately, but let me ask you this, uh, so I've seen this. I've been, uh, the hibachi grill, it's a super common thing, hibachi grill. Have you ever seen this happen? <laughs>
1: I've not seen anyone get sprayed by a wanger, no.
0: Yeah, okay. So it, it's hilarious and adorable and in no way threatening. Um, I'm I'm amazed that this has even gotten enough traction to be news, but um, it, is, it is super delightful. So I will say this. I don't think this man has committed a crime, but that doesn't mean we don't have to punish his ass. Um, <laughs> I would love to come up with a suitable crime for this lady filing frivolous charges, but anyway. Um, do you remember... A while back, we talked about those um, sparkly poo-poo creatures or something like that.
1: <laughs> poopsie sparkly critters.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is... this. Okay, so poopsie sparkly... Here we go. Spookly poopy... Spook- I can't even say. Spookly. <laughs> oh, this is a tongue twit. Poopsie sparkly critters? Is that, <laughs> it? Is that how you say it?
1: Poopsie sparkly critters?
0: Poopsie sparkly critters so if you guys don't remember this from our show these are these little toys and you fill them with goo and do they spit or poop Ooh, it pooped when the goo when the goo comes out it's it either comes out as puke here yeah here's a commercial
1: oh she (laughs) pooped
0: Okay, that, that is insufferable. Um, But that that is my suggestion is if he's going to squirt little pee-pee dolls, then we should get a poopsie sparkly critter and it should have to poop slime onto him.
1: A giant one though?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Like a giant, like a Nickelodeon sized amount of like slime should come out of this thing's butthole. And he should have it. Okay, let's even say maybe it's got to happen to him at work. Uh, so he, he's going to be working there behind the hibachi grill. And then we get a, sp- a poopsie sparkly critter to shit on his head. <laughs> <laughs> that or, was said very or, matter of
1: a fact. Or, um,
0: or spit on his head. We don't know. Because spo- spo- yeah. poopsie... I can't say the fucking thing. Whatever the toys are. <laughs> you don't know which it's going to do. So
1: You never know if it's going to spit or poop. Um, I, I See... I know that I apparently, I guess I now know that it's a common thing, so I'm never going to a hibachi grill, so I don't want to get <laughs> in my, I don't want to wanger in my face, but.
0: <laughs> you pay extra for that, actually.
1: <laughs> um, no, but uh, see, I still think, you know, it's, I don't want to go to a restaurant and get sprayed on. What if it ruined that woman's night? It did ruin that woman's night. What if she was trying to go out and, and, uh, you know, have a nice night in the town and said she got sprayed by some, you know, little wanger. Like she, her night was ruined. That that could have that could have really ruined her entire entire life. So I think uh, not only should it just happen once for this guy, this guy should have this happen uh, every night. There needs every night he's working. This has to happen to him at some random time or just throughout the day. It could be two p.m. when there's no one in there. It could be seven p.m. at prime time. This happens every night for one year until she feels this woman feels that she is uh, fully recovered. That that her that her uh, confidence and and uh, way of life has has recovered to what it was prior to this horrible atrocity.
0: What if we even give her the remote and she gets to decide <laughs> when it happens well
1: what if what if she, what if she forgets about it
0: then then she's forget then she's over it. I don't know what if we like let her he... hu- we let her husband decide her husband won't forget
1: no then he won't do it. He sounded like a real bitch.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point that's okay so uh, uh, in an uninvolved third party will get uh-huh. to choose choose the timing of the strikes, but there must one be at least lucky, one lucky
1: one lucky restaurant patron restaurant patron every day like you win it as like oh here's your check and the the button you can press it and watch what happens
0: <laughs> there will be are there oh god i'm about to show a lot of insensitivity um there are fortune cookies at japanese restaurants right i, <laughs> I think it, so I'm not certain of that. And I I'm, I say it even hesitantly. I, I'm not meaning to sound like I don't. What, the, is there a
1: miracle whip at all white restaurants?
0: <laughs> there is. Um, <laughs> if, if there are fortune cookies at this restaurant, then one once per day, a customer will get a fortune cookie that says, it's poop. And then when they read <laughs> it, <laughs> it's all going to wash over this man uh, from some sort of wacky, um, poopsie, sparkly critter that's probably four to five feet tall and suspended from the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I love it. Um, I, I think I think we're coming to something here. So it, yeah. it could even like bring them uh, business, you know, uh, mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. because that could be like a gimmick. Like you know, you could win to you could be today's winner and cover this man and spit or poop, which one?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I'm digging this. I'm digging this. And
1: and then like what you know, poop. So here I got I got another idea. Now we're, now we're doing plans for the restaurant. So I'm gonna move on to the restaurant now real quick. Part of, so the, normally it spits. Like, that's what it normally does, but if you get poop, you win, like, a, a free meal or something the next time, too, so there's an added layer. Yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. And,
1: the po- and the poop is extra gross.
0: Yeah, the poop is, the poop, like, every time it doesn't poop, it, like, whatever slime is in there sits there. So, like, eventually it's really nasty, and it, yeah. like, goes bad. Like, poop yeah. gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's a guy I work poop with that got- smells like that.
1: <laughs> poop gone bad is the name of Shakira's fourth album.
0: Oh wow. It's also the name of a hilarious blooper video that you can find on Pornhub.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: <laughs> okay, so so what we've decided is that this guy is going to get poopsie sparkly crittered upon from a, a really big version of that once a day randomly uh and that's by one be his lucky punch restaurant patron. Year. Yes. And you know potentially what, I, have to give I, away not from even you know.
1: for a year. This is for now on because it's such a fun forever a fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and he can't quit his job.
1: Nope. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Otherwise, baby. he's fine. It's a million dollar fine.
0: Yep. I, I I think this is a suitable punishment. I do. All right. Yep. There you go. You bring you in go. the dance.
1: Bring in the dancing lobsters.
0: Bring in the dancing lobsters. We just we just fucking we just sentenced this guy to some some laughable punishment. That's what we just did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gotti. <he. laughs>
0: I wish we could fuck that lady up too, but in the context of yeah. this segment, we'll leave it at him. <laughs>
1: I, I, I don't really I I think she's stupid. Um, I just I was I was just doing that to to keep it going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, that poor guy. Uh, but the punishment the punishment fits the crime. I will say that. So uh, very good stuff. Laughable punishment is the segment, uh, guys. If you see a wacky crime story out there, uh, send it over to Seth on Twitter at Seth Oat, and you may see it covered in our laughable punishment segment. So uh, certainly appreciate that. Um, good stuff in Laughable Punishment. We dealt with that motherfucker. Now we got to deal with the Academy, Seth, because we're going to have to talk some Oscar nominations. So let's jump into the movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set?
1: Movies.
0: All right, Seth, we got a ton of nominees, uh, that we got to talk about. Do we want to, you want to go through each category? Just talk about, you know, what we thought hit, what were some snubs, that kind of thing? sure okay let's start let's do the acting ones i want to do the acting ones first let's start with best supporting actor so this is tom hanks from a beautiful day in the neighborhood is fred rogers in that uh anthony hopkins from the two popes i know you saw that one uh both al pacino and joe pesci are nominated for the irishman and brad pitt for once upon a time in hollywood um I remember really liking Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time. He got a lot of attention around that, specifically for being crazy hot. Um, and then <laughs> I was a bit, really big fan of uh, Tom Hanks in Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I thought he was impeccable as Fred Rogers. Uh, but I haven't seen these other three, um, these other three nominees. I haven't seen the Two Popes or the Irishman. So, what did, what did you think of them? Uh, who would be, who would be maybe your front runner out of this five?
1: Hmm, that's a tough one. I, I think this is this is going to be a tough one to call. Um, because I know a lot of people love Brad Pitt in that movie. A lot of people are saying that's his best role that he's ever had, uh, his, his best performance. So um, I don't know. I, I liked him. I think uh, Tom Hanks is always a candidate here to to take it. Just with, I mean, especially how good of a job he did in that movie. But mm-hmm. alongside that, you know, it's Tom Hanks, and and he's always got a shot to win. Uh, he's kind of like LeBron James in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. uh, of the Oscars. Um, and mm-hmm. then. Uh, I mean, Joe Pesci could be a you know both Bo- Joe Pesci and Al Pacino could potentially get like a, a you know lifetime achievement win type thing. So I think this is one that you know when we do our votes, this will probably be a lower confidence one for me. I don't really see Anthony Hopkins winning. He was good in in uh, in the two Popes, but nothing that blew me away or anything like that. So um, if I had to pick one, actually no no, I'm not even gonna say. I think those are my front runners. I'm just gonna go with that.
0: Those four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's a tough It's a tough group because it's hard for one to really separate out because they're all such different roles. Mm-hmm. Um, the two that I saw, the, the Tom Hanks and Brad Pitt, I love them both. I think maybe Tom Hanks was a little bit higher degree of difficulty maybe. would I might give him a slight edge because of that, but I, I really loved Brad Pitt in that. So that's a tough one. I'll have to give that a lot of thought. Um, going into our Oscar game, which we'll talk more about this, but we are going to play the Oscar game again like we have in years past. Uh, and we'll talk more details if that's if that sounds foreign to you. We'll talk about that at the end of this segment. Um, for now, though, let's, let's uh, step over and we'll, we'll do the lady side of this award, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, we have Kathy Bates from Richard Jewell, uh, Laura Dern from Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, Florence Pugh from Little Women, and Margot Robbie from Bombshell. Now, I've only seen a couple of these again. Um, Scarlett Johansson and Jojo Rabbit, I thought was really cool. Uh, really kind of a little bit of a wacky performance. It seemed like something that was very different from what we're used to seeing from ScarJo, so that was really refreshing. And Margot Robbie in Bombshell was awesome. I, she the the My first memory of Margot Robbie is her being hot as hell and naked in Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's most people's first uh, mm. memory of her. And so to see her as this buttoned-up, hyper-conservative you know, um, nervous, like small towny type girl in bombshell. It was, it was really convincing in that. And she played a really important role in that movie. And I really liked bombshell. Um, but I know, uh, Florence Pugh, for example, uh, from little women, which you saw has been getting a lot of heat. So I don't know, Seth, if you think that's the front runner or it could be Kathy Bates and Laura Dern, who I know you've seen both of those as well.
1: I think that Florence Pugh is probably the the front runner right now. Uh she's really great in little women, but there's also something to be said too, um, and it's kind of the same for like what Scarjo was doing, but she you know, she kinda of had a lead and a supporting performance but with like Florence Pugh she had Midsummer this year which she was really great in uh Fighting with My Family was another good performance of hers and then like she's played she's she's one of the most like versatile actors she played a, a, you know a wrestler uh she played uh you know a wrestler in like current day she played a, a tr- like a messed up psycho like psychologically messed up girl in Midsummer and then um you know is is in the 1800s or whatever playing uh uh you know a girl from that that's basically you know relegated to being a you know housewife type thing so it's pretty crazy and i think that that's with how strong of a year she's had and and she's just gone back to back to back to back with working i I think this is this might be hers to take especially with being like the supporting actress is a good one for like the young actress to kind of get to start the career type of thing you know so i think this might be hers
0: she is, uh, regardless of whether or not she wins, I think Florence Pugh is, is in for a, a big time next couple years because she's gotten a lot of attention and you're right. It's very, her performances have been very varied this year. So she's showing a lot of range, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I, I really like Florence Pugh. I wouldn't be surprised if, if she got the win here. Um, but some great nominees for both supporting it, and, you know, maybe Florence Pugh is the front runner, but it, it's not super obvious in either case, I think, which will be fun, fun to watch as, as the time gets closer. Um, We'll do, let's go ahead and do the leads next. Um, we'll start with the the actresses this time. So we have uh, Cynthia Erivo, who was Harriet in the movie Harriet. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, again, double nomination, which is a big, big deal for Marriage Story Not this mom. time. <laughs> you get uh, Saoirse Ronan, Saoirse, uh,
1: Saoirse. also
0: Also from Little Women. Charlize Theron, also from Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger as Judy, which I know Judy, Seth is. I think was probably the first performance this year that I remember you saying, "Yeah, that looked that looked like an Oscar performance." Um, you know, at least a nominated one. Uh, I didn't see Judy, but I know Zellweger got a lot of attention for that. Uh, bombshell, you know, Charlize Theron is Megan Kelly in this movie, and the the fact that Megan Kelly is a real person who Charlize is is acting as you know it was a little bit tougher and th- between the makeup and her and the affectation of her voice and you know you think about her in this movie compared to like late night or sorry not late night um long shot uh also showing some variability like we just talked about with Florence Pugh um but you know sersha is a force we we've seen her win before scarjo and marriage story is getting a lot of attention and uh, i know harriet was a pretty demanding performance as well so again this is another one i've only seen a couple of these but you've seen them all dude
1: yeah, I've seen everything that's nominated, other than like a few of the the foreign language stuff, <laughs> um, but uh, or I guess international feature film is what it's called now. But um, no, I, I think this one is probably going to go to Renee Zellweger um, because she. Oh, you mentioned make like uh, Charlie's Theron with Megan Kelly. You know, like they have a lot of the the. Like prosthetics and makeup and stuff like that they do that for uh for the her role in Judy too and I think this is just, this one has had a lot of heat for a while now I think this is just kind of one that's like you know going to her I think that's that's kind of like what what's been locked in for a while and there wasn't really another performance that like blew me away throughout the year um I, I think if there was a as someone who's close I would probably go with uh Charlie's theron um but you know I, I think we'll see I think it'll probably be down to those two
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a stacked category, some great performances there. J- just from what I'm hearing in the clips that I've seen of each of them, um, all well-deserved nominations. And as we as we turn to the actors, um, this was a category where there was a lot of people up in arms about snubbery. Um, we have Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, which is one you identified as a really good performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time, which is one of my favorite performances of the year, of course. Uh, Adam Driver, again, for Marriage Story, which has a few nominations. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, which is one that we've we've known was going to be one of the nominations for a long time, and then also Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. He was alongside uh, Anthony Hopkins, who was also nominated. You know, based on what I'm hearing, Seth, it sounds like this is Joaquin Phoenix's his award to to lose, uh, as it were. Uh, is he your frontrunner right now?
1: I think that. I mean, personally, I'd go with Adam Driver, but I just like I like that movie better. and I like that performance better. Um, I won't I won't say that. You know, what, jo- what Joaquin Phoenix had to do was more difficult. I just thought, for what Adam Driver had to do, I thought it, I, I enjoyed it more. Um, for Yeah, Adam Driver, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, I think this is probably... I have heard some rumblings of Adam Driver potentially sneaking a win here, but uh, I think this is probably Joaquin's category to, to, to lose at this point. I mean, I, or to, you know, it, it's his, basically. Because I, I think when we do the rankings and stuff, this is probably be most everyone's like highest confidence points are pretty close to it. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, I think so. I know for me, DiCaprio was great in Once Upon a Time. And that movie seems to, I think because it was released kind of early compared to some of this other stuff in the summer, it seems like people are forgetting about that movie, but it does have some nominations. So I'm excited for it to be back in the conversation. But I love DiCaprio in that. And I'm a sucker for actors acting as actors acting. And so his scenes in that were amazing to me um and of course i'm a tarantino guy so he he's my personal favorite but i do think it seems like joker is gonna win this one going away um but um these are all good performances seth the big news for a lot of folks no adam sandler in this category do you think now that you've seen the five nominees that you'd have put him in
1: yeah i would have um same thing with like uh, christian bale i thought he was snubbed here too i really liked him as ken miles and and ford v ferrari but yeah, I think he. I think he deserved it. Um, I would take Jonathan Price out. I think at, at this point, if you know, put either one of those in the, one of those
0: guys in there. Yeah, yeah. I I was I was bummed out for the Sandman, but he had a really good tweet. He said like, the uh, he said, uh, the the con is uh, no award love for Sandman, but the pro is the Sandman gets to stop wearing suits now. So <laughs> he he kind of took it with with some uh, some uh, some levity. But uh, it would have been nice to see him nominated, even though I think. Like we said, Joaquin Phoenix is likely going to be uh, – he got the globe also, I think. So, you know, between him and maybe Adam Driver, who I would love to see, likely, likely your winner is there. So, uh, let's go to – let's see. You want to do screenplays? Sure. Okay. Uh, for screenplays, now on the original side, for best original screenplay, we have Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach, 1917, Sam Mendes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino, and Parasite, Bong Joon-ho, and Han Jin-wan. Um, I think, Seth, for this one... Now, these are all really good and really well-received movies. I would say we're going to review 1917 a little bit later on. Uh, It's a movie that I really enjoyed. uh, Spoilers, but... I don't know that the screen the screenplay is not the reason why that movie's amazing, and so that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't that wouldn't be my first choice. Uh, Knives Out being the Who Done It with the mystery elements and you're kind of realizing things as they unfold, I think makes sense as a winner. But then with Tarantino, you get all that snappy ass dialogue, and with Marriage Story, I know it's full of these long dialogue uh, heavy you know and monologue heavy scenes. Uh, I don't know much about Parasite, but it seems like there's there's things different things to like about each of these screenplays. So it seems pretty wide open to me.
1: Yeah, I think I would. I, I probably would actually go with Once Upon a Time. I just looking at the other the other um, the other ca- the other movies in that category. I think that's probably the one that would fit the most. Like personally, again, I would choose Marriage Story, but um, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood it probably fits most of what. The Academy be looking for, and it's Tarantino, so it's an easy. That's probably an easy, safe bet for that category.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's look at let's look at the adapted folks over here.
1: My parents said I was adapted.
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, and you would be nominated for best adapted child if you if you were. So uh, we have The Irishman, which I actually didn't know was based on a book. Um, Jojo Rabbit, which a lot of folks didn't know was based on a book. Uh, Joker, which j- I don't know that the story was directly adapted, but of course, of course, you get the um, you know the character adapted by the the folks who created Batman, Bill Finger, Bob Kane, Jerry Robinson. Um, Little Women, Greta Gerwig's uh, screenplay was nominated, and then the two popes um, makes another appearance here. So, you know, a lot of great. It's really hard for me with adapted, but I know that a lot of people really love Jojo Rabbit. And so this seems like potentially an opportunity for for that movie to take one home, um, but I, I still haven't seen The Irishman or Little Women or Two Popes, so I'm I'm not sure if I'm if what I'm missing there. But um, I wouldn't be upset if Jojo Rabbit. I, I don't know about Joker. I I have such a hard time loving that movie and saying it deserves a win. <laughs> I just, that movie just upset me so much in, in a good way. But um, so I don't know. Is this a Jojo Rabbit one for you, or what? Do you, one of these other guys got the upper hand?
1: I, I would say probably Jojo Rabbit, but also I think with kind of the controversy that went down with Little Women and Greta Gerwig, I could see them giving it to that. And I think it would deserve it. I think it's definitely, I mean, it's it's based off of a classic book. And um, I think the changes that Greta Gerwig made and, and kind of the, the more, uh, you know, dialogue that's a little bit more suited for this time. She made it feel more modern while keeping, you know, the story older. So I think um, I think that, that that has a good shot at winning, too. I think it probably put it between those two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. And you mentioned a lot of controversy, and it seems like we're talking about this every year, but with good reason. Um, not a lot of women nominated in, in a lot of categories. Uh, we'll talk about Best Director. No, no females there. Um, I believe Greta is the only screenwriter. I think there's one other like co-writer. I think the co-writer for Parasite, Han Jin-wan, uh, might be a woman. Oh, the co-writer for 1917 is a woman. Um, not a lot of women represented. Uh, and so you're right. I think I think the Academy is likely to recognize that and and award Greta when they get a chance, who uh, is well deserving of all awards. She's always fantastic, uh, you know, just based on what I've seen of hers in the past. I don't know. what Do you, do you have an opinion on on the presence of of, you know, female nominees versus male? D- do you think that there were a lot of snubs? uh, from women, I, honest, my, my stance on this is I don't remember seeing a lot of things that I'm aware of being direct directed or written by women. Um, book my, one of my favorites of the year I know was, was directed by Olivia Wilde. I wouldn't have minded seeing her, uh, in directors, but, um, we'll get to that in just a second. But what do you, what do you think on the issue of, of, you know, nominated females and the lack therein?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely think Greta, uh, Greta Gerwig was, was snubbed for sure with little women. um, that she should she should have definitely been been in there in my opinion, um, but I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's tough because there are things that I mean like Honey Boy that was directed uh, by a woman um, Arm Armaday whatever uh, what's Arma, that last
0: Armaharrell I think is her name. Yeah, there um, we go. Armaharrell. I can never say it.
1: Yeah, something like that. But there, I mean, there there were things, and I think that movie was directed very well. So I think there are things. I think the the matter really what it's come down to. Um, like hearing people talk about it and thinking through it, is that there needs to be more nominees at this point, I think. I think you need to expand that. Like, like they've done with The Best Picture, I think they can you can do the same thing for actor or director or stuff like that. That might split votes, but you also give someone new a, you know, a shot or you, know, the, you, you, you just give that opportunity more to people. I think maybe expand another you know two, three spots and, and get a few more in there that maybe aren't the conventional pick. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, the, or get, you know, there, there's there's probably certain cases where um there's the sixth person who could be in is like off by only a few votes or whatever. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think that if there's enough votes for for a movie that should be in there, regardless of it's, you know, the five or six spot, there should be an opportunity for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me that. that's a really good point. I think if, if they went to more nominees, I certainly think you'd see a few more women. I think that the problem starts before the Oscar nominations,
1: right? Right. The
0: the problem is that not enough, there aren't enough films being, being written, directed, produced by women. And it shows here. Uh, I don't know what the proportion of all eligible films, you know, what proportion of all eligible films are done by women. I don't know. Um, And if we knew that number, we could know, with some degree of, of air, how many women should be nominated or how many people of other races should be nominated. It's a very white Oscars this year too. Um, and I, I, I never know. It's hard because a lot of the, the stuff that gets nominated every year is really high quality shit. I, I'm not saying it's better than every, you know, um, everything that, that the ladies have done specifically talking about like directing and screenwriting now. But, um, it, it's hard for me to kick some of these things out. Um, and you don't want like token nominations, Um, but -hmm. I think your idea, at least in director, I think of expanding it out, maybe a little further, makes a lot of sense. And I think we'd see a lot more diverse group that way. Uh, let's actually, let's go through the directors right now. Uh, here are the all male nominees as, as they like to say, uh, Scorsese for the Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, uh, Tarantino for once upon a time in Hollywood, and then Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Um, this for me is easy. And it's 1917. Sam Mendes. Uh, it's it's to me. It's not close. Um, I understand other people who liked The Joker or even I liked Once uh, Once Upon a Time so much that I wouldn't be pissed of Tarantino. But I think if you've seen 1917, it would be hard to vote against it. And that's that's strictly my opinion, though.
1: I think that's that's who I've heard as the the front runner. But I've also heard some Bong Joon Ho as well. Um, you know that that's that's a movie uh, you know completely from his vision. So. Um, I think that and that's the one that a lot of people, you know, have as have said is is one of the most um, I, I hate using that word, but like brilliant. A lot of people have said um, in terms of directing. So uh, not only of this year, but of the last decade, a lot of people have been saying so that has a shot. But I, I think the popular pick and again, the safer pick is going to be Sam Mendes here. He, that, that might be uh, one of the higher confidence points too, more than likely, you know, for for the picking.
0: Totally. Yeah, I can totally see that. All right. Let's do the big one. Let's do big. uh, Sorry. Best picture. Uh, We've got nine nominees for this one. So Ford v. Ferrari. The Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Joker. Little Women. Marriage Story. 1917. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Parasite. Now, what's cool about this is that when we did our list last week with Jared, every single movie in this list appeared on our top 10 On at least one of our top tens with exception of 1917, which none of us had seen yet. But I think if we (laughs) were to read, if we were to redo our lists, um, I'm sure, I, I, think it, I think it might have made an appearance. It seems to me that again, this is a category where these movies are all fantastic, but for very different reasons. So what do you award? Right. Um, we talked about, you know, Parasite and a lot of people are really stoked about what that movie has to say. That, that is one of three movies, I think, four that I still need to see. Um, Once Upon a Time is kind of, is a little bit of everything. You got great dialogue. So you're, you're directing to the acting, a lot of camera movement, a lot of scene changes. So that, that, you know, that seemed, it has a lot of the elements of the best picture. Uh, 1917 was just technically, uh, seemed nearly impossible to have even made and they got it done and it. The way that they executed again, I'm gonna do a lot of gushing. If you guys don't realize, uh, when we get to 1917's review, Marriage Story is is sort of the more intimate, uh, heartfelt movie. You know, more personal story. Little Women it has the the empowerment, uh, of course, with the female stars, and it's Greta, and it's it's a period piece and all of that. No pun intended. Uh, Joker Jesus. had all. <laughs> Joker had all that all that heat. Uh, you know, and and the incels love it, so that's gonna get all their votes. Jojo Rabbit was so creative and so different, and The Irishman is the big epic fucking uh, you know mob story, and it's Scorsese, and it's got all the great actors. And then Ford v Ferrari, like you and I said, is just a movie done well. Like it just it just is awesome. And so I know that was your top favorite of the of the year when we did our list last week. Would I is is would you say that that's your front runner? Or it seems to me it seems I have a I have a choice. Um, but I want to get your thoughts.
1: I still, I mean, I'd personally pick Ford be Ferrari. That's my favorite movie of the year. But I think it's gonna be nineteen seventeen. I think that walking out of that one, that to me had the most feel of best picture in terms of like, I that's exactly what the Academy is looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not. This is one of the movies on here. One of the. I, th- I mean, looking at it, maybe besides the Irishman and marriage story are making their, they're like, but this, this, is the one I think that's been universally like people like, this is awesome. But in terms of just like, this is the one, these are one, the only few that aren't making like a, a, a statement about like society or anything. They're just telling a story. Yeah. You know, um, all the other movies, um, I guess Ford v. Ferrari you could take out of there, but like all the other movies have like some sort of like statement they're making about society or people in general. Whereas like 1917 is just telling a pure story that on a filmmaking level, just like Ford v. Ferrari though, is like done. You can tell it was crafted. Like the every like thought was put into everything. Um, it's just a story. Like the, more than all the other ones completely is just a, a crazy ass story. And, the way it was shot as a movie, the way it was made as a movie was all done. You can just tell was like, this is an Oscar type of movie. Plus it's the most recent. And if there's nothing that like, even looking at all of our favorite movies this year, that there's, there's nothing that really can help a movie more than anything in terms of your rankings. More like more than recency, Mm -hmm. you know, it's fresh in people. It's fresh in people's mind. It's the last movie that's come out that has Oscar, uh, you know, Oscar notoriety to it. It's only getting more. Like it, it was. It had theaters sold out all weekend. Like people, like the common people who don't normally go to Oscar movies are seeing this. It's going to have a ton of buzz. It's going to carry the momentum. I think it's going to win.
0: Yep, yep. My dad, who doesn't go to a ton of movies, went and saw this. Said it was awesome. Um, yeah, which is that's as good as a review as you're going to get on my dad. That was that was awesome. And, um, and I
1: know that it. People like you know the Academy votes on the best picture, but. It's always the movie that has the most buzz that, that ends up winning. And th- this is going to have buzz from regular the regular audience, and that's going to bleed into the Academy. The Academy are people who work in movies that um, pay attention to what crowds are saying, to what people are saying. And, and I think that this one is going to have the most influence from that. And it's a great movie. I, I, I think it's one that not only has that that buzz, but would deserve to win Best Picture.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think so. And to your point earlier, it it doesn't have an agenda, and so it's a it's a. If I'm a voter. And the the votes are anonymous, so it, you don't really have to worry about political backlash. But like, if I'm a voter, it's a really easy pick to make. It is it it, it doesn't, it it doesn't challenge. Like they could pick Joker, um, but, that. Politically, they're going to have to deal with some backlash if they choose Joker because of the subject material, right? And some of the others in similar ways—well, uh, different ways than Joker, but um, you made a good point about it not having a political agenda. And, and it just—it seems it seems clear and obvious to me. It really does. Uh, I'll, I'll be surprised if it's not 1917. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Stranger things have happened. Uh, and shit, we've even had—we had the whole debacle with La La Land of Moonlight a few years ago, so that was a really strange thing that happened. But um We'll see. We'll see. There's a, reason they, there's a reason they do the show, right? There's a reason they play the games, as they say in the NFL. Um, but uh, those are the major categories. There are several others. Uh, when we do our Oscar game, we are going to do it based on, I think it's typically around 14 or 15 categories. Not every category, but a lot of the major ones. Um, what we will do uh, sometime in the next few weeks, I will be creating a Google Doc that people can go, uh, they can link through the show to download the Google Doc and uh, choose their Oscar winners. There will be a confidence points element. So if you're really sure about something, you want to put the most points on that. And if you're like, ah, I don't really know, you only want to put a couple points. Um, and then we keep score uh, when we see the winners. And the winner, if it's not Seth or I, uh, will get some sort of prize from the show. So it's a really fun game. We would love to have several. I think we had five or six competitors last year, and it was really fun. And uh, would love to have many more this year. So keep an eye out. Um, probably by next week's show, I will have that uh, document put together. And so folks can go out and check it out. So more to come on next week's show. But uh, start thinking about your Oscar picks and uh, and pick along with us. Uh, we think, still, have, still have about six weeks to go. I think it's last weekend in February that is Oscar night.
1: Is it? I thought it was sooner.
0: Is it? Let me check. I think it's like the... I'll check for sure. Um... February oh, it's 9th. actually, it's February 9th. So I, I was yeah. wrong. Uh, so it's the week after the Super Bowl. So I will definitely be getting that out sometime in the next week. Um, probably by, by episode 128, I will I will talk about how to play the game and where to go to download it. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it is coming right out just a few weeks away. That makes me excited. There was the one year they pushed it way back. It was like in March. And, it seemed, and so they scheduled it earlier this time. That seems like a change to me. I don't know.
1: What the hell are you talking about?
0: I don't know. I never know. I never know what I'm talking about. I just say things confidently. That's, you you, you found should me
1: shut out. your mouth.
0: <laughs> uh, Joker was the most nominated film with 11 nominations, um, which I've got some thoughts on, but maybe for another time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that, those are the Oscars. We're, we're going to continue to touch on Oscar stuff uh, as the date draws near and make sure you're listening up for updates on the oscar game this year for now though we're going to keep things moving uh we're going to lighten things up a little bit with a f- really fun little edition of mambo number five ladies and gentlemen this is mambo number five all right seth so one of the big releases this week is going to be the new robert downey jr film Doolittle, uh based of course on eddie murphy's uh 90s edition of the classic character who uh, essentially can talk to animals now this is very it's going to be very different from the the eddie murphy version i say that in jest um but what that got us thinking about was what are some other movies that have talking animals and it turns out there's a shitload of these like when you first said let's do talking animals i was like ah, i don't know if we're gonna be able to get five uh no there's there's so many um and i'm really excited mm-hmm. about some of these picks some of these are some really fun movies so I'm i'm excited to jump into this so these are it's any movie that features any at least one talking animal right yeah, yes. Great. Yeah, I love it. I'm stoked. I got a fun ass list.
1: Number 5.
0: All right. So, a majority of my list uh comes from like kids' type movies cuz you know, most commonly they have talking animals. Uh, and mine starts with a movie from deep back in my childhood. It's an old one, American Tale.
1: I do not so have that. You're going to So, I hope you don't think mine are cheating. <laughs> uh
0: no, I I if, if, if there's a single talking animal in it, then you can't be cheating. So. All right. <laughs> the Humans rules. are animals. Yeah. Oh, my God. Gee, is that <laughs> what kidding. you fucking I'm did? <laughs> that would have been pretty funny, though. Uh, American Tale is, uh, if you don't know, it's a, actually a Steven Spielberg-directed movie. Um, it's an animated movie from the late 80s, and it features Fievel Mouskowitz, who is a little Jewish mouse who uh, essentially flees to America and has this whole big, long adventure. And it's super crazy and intense and emotional. And it's one of those cartoons that you can watch as an adult and still enjoy. I haven't seen it in many years, but it's got some serious depth to it. And it's one of the classic. When I, whenever I think of animated movies or, you know, in this case, movies starring animals, American Tale is one I, I, like to, I like to shout out. So that's one that, um, that I know you've seen too and, and enjoyed, even if it didn't make your list.
1: I don't know if I have, actually.
0: You've really never seen it? It's That's, that's you know, that's where it's somewhere out there. I know. Yeah, okay.
1: I, I know what it is. I just don't know if I've seen it. I, oh, you I check mean, it out. it's a pop culture reference that I know of. But Yeah,
0: I might have to put it on your list. I don't want it on my list.
1: <laughs> All right, so my number five. Uh, this is this is just because uh, this is another childhood pick. Um, not not a great movie. I've rewatched it since, but it, it's, it makes my list for sentimental reasons. I have Space Jam at number five.
0: Oh yeah. I can dig it. You know, I, tunes. I've seen Space Jam like relatively recently and and it's it's very thin, but it's really hard it's hard to fight the nostalgia from being like 6 years old like we were when this came out and watching it. So it it does hold a special place in my heart for sure.
1: Yeah, it's not very good though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no, uh Space Jam. Um what can you say? I mean, it's it's fucking Space Jam, the best it has the best uh, theme song uh, ever for a movie. I mean, it's a it's a fucking bop. It slaps, as the kids <laughs> say. Yeet. <laughs> um, but then uh, you know we're getting a sequel. with LeBron James, Michael Jordan is great. I mean, uh, he you know he's better than LeBron James, of course. So, um,
0: well, hey now.
1: <laughs> I just did that for a comment. Um, but no, Space Jam, good classic movie uh, for kids from the nineties. Number four.
0: I went with Zootopia at four. I uh, oh.
1: Kick the can.
0: Ooh, okay, good, yay,
1: <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, my number four is Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket Raccoon.
0: You know, I was wondering. I was wondering if you'd go with Rocket. Uh, which, yeah, I, I, th- I, I, was aware that that would qualify for this list, but it didn't make mine. Um, but okay. R- Rocket's a good. That's a good way to get in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do. I like him. I like Bradley Cooper. Um, I mean, there's not a lot of other talking animals in it, but. Um, I mean, it's a it's funny. Uh, it's a great, uh, really good. MC- I like the first one a lot. Um, second one, I can, you know, take it or leave it. But uh really fun MCU movie. And, and uh, you know, again, talking talking raccoon. And he's he's a very fun comedic uh, relief for for this group. So uh, Rocket Raccoon and Guardians of the Galaxy, my number four. Number three,
0: this is where I have Guardians of the Galaxy volume two. Uh, no, I'm that just kidding. Liar. You fucking
1: hate that movie.
0: <laughs> I I liked it a lot better than the, when I rewatched it uh, for the for the marathon. But um, no, not not on this list. My number three is actually one of my very favorite animated movies, uh, The Emperor's New Groove.
1: Oh, nice.
0: I don't know if you remember this, but this is David Spade playing an emperor who's turned into a llama, and he's running around with, um, uh, shit. He's got Patrick. his big ass. Is that Patrick. John Goodman?
1: No, it's Patrick Warburton.
0: Well, Patrick Warburton is the bad, the bad henchman. Yeah. So I think oh, okay. I want to yeah. say it's John Goodman. That's the big guy, but he might just remind me of him. But Patrick Warburton is fucking hilarious in it as Kronk, and then you have Isma as the evil little weird witch lady. And that movie is so out there and crazy and so fun. And it caught me like at the perfect age. Whenever it came out, I was probably like seventeen. But. Um, I loved it a lot, and I very occasionally, every few years, I get a hold of it and watch it again, and it it, it continues to make me chuckle. I, I just like it a lot.
1: Yeah, that was uh, John Goodman. Okay, good. Um, all right. Sorry, my number three is the can kick from earlier, Zootopia. Nice. Um, this one was a surprise. I mean, we we'd heard some good things because we went to it together. Um, we'd heard some things we like. We were excited to see it because it, like we'd heard, uh like some things about it that had, it had some statements to make and that was really good. But what we get it ended up getting out of it was even more than I expected. Like the social commentary in it is, is pretty incredible for a, you know, a kid's movie about talking animals, but Mm -hmm. uh, in a Disney movie at that, or I guess Pixar, I don't know if it's Disney Pixar, just Pixar or what, but I don't even know how to differentiate. It was Disney
0: animation. If I'm, if I'm remembering right.
1: But uh, yeah, I mean just the, the statements it made or, you know, there's some really like heartbreaking scenes in the movie too. And um, you know, it's funny, too, at the same time, and, and animation's fantastic. Uh, it, it's just one of those, it's a strange, like, mix of, of like, really important stuff to say, but also, like, a kid's movie that kids can also enjoy, too. But uh, yeah, it's a great movie.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you didn't know, that movie, box office, just over a billion dollars. I didn't realize it was such a huge hit. 98% on Rotten Tomatoes and is right now available to watch on Disney Plus for folks out there looking mm-hmm. for it.
1: Number two. Uh, okay, Sorry.
0: so this one is a little bit of a cheat because it's actually a trilogy of movies. Oh no. I went with the Planet of the Apes trilogy, the, the <laughs> one. I did the same thing. You had that at number two?
1: And <laughs> number two, and I was gonna say the same exact thing you said. I said it's gonna be a cheat.
0: <laughs> I, I figured, I, I, I figured you would have we those. might
1: have that same top two. We
0: we might. We might. Uh I'm I'm zero percent surprised. I expected to see this on your list because this is You and I saw each of these movies together, if I'm remembering correctly, and they were such a such a surprise. You know, for a reboot, the third attempt at a reboot of what's frankly not not a great series. Like the old ones are not awesome. Like the original is is obviously iconic, but they took these and made a real serious, hardcore action, political thriller of a trilogy, and did it with Andy Serkis's. Uh, Caesar is such a great character, and you end up rooting for this chimpanzee, and it was it was a shock to me that I loved it so much. But this is this trilogy is amazing. It really is.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. It, I, I was trying to think back, like which one is my favorite to, to like put on the list, and I'm like, it's really hard to pick because they're all so. I mean, they all fit together as a trilogy and they're great. It's a great trilogy, but they're all such great movies on their own mm-hmm. without having to be, you know, a part of this this trilogy. Um, they're all great. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a trilogy done this well before um, and especially not get like the tension. It should have gotten some sort of Oscars in multiple areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's great. I love this trilogy and, and uh, you know, this is one that I, you know, have even gone back to on certain occasions watching. So it's a great one.
0: Yeah, I recommend if you've not caught any of these, like find a Saturday and watch them as a trilogy. Like watch them; they're they're great individually, but but really it's the entire story that's amazing. Uh, this is Matt Reeves. Uh, I'm not sure if he did all of them, but I know he did the last. He didn't one. do
1: all. He he did the last two, I believe.
0: Okay, uh, he's now on to work on the Batman. Um, Batman. Uh, the Batman. And I am just solely based on his work on apes. I am really stoked for for the Batman. So this is, Mm -hmm. you're not going to find many higher recommendations from the Soko show than the Planet of the Apes trilogy.
1: Number one.
0: You got the Lion King?
1: I do. (laughs) I got
0: the Lion King too.
1: (laughs) This might be our most agreed upon Mama number five, because we both had Zootopia. We just flipped it. Mm -hmm. And then our top two are the same.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And no surprises. I I expect that you're talking about 94's original Lion King
1: ah oh, fuck that's where we were ah, God, you picked
0: it. 2019s. okay i get it uh, yeah yep. the, the seth rogan of it all really puts it over the top uh <laughs> <laughs> i did i did enjoy the new lion king but i'm talking about the old one because this is this is one of my favorite movies of all time it is it is unimpeachable uh by anyone who wants to shit talk to lion king can answer to me and my fists uh it, it's just it's you know Maybe that's a lot of nostalgia and childhood memories talking, but uh, it's it's one of my favorite movies ever. I can't not have it top this list.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it all. I I, I figured when you'd had it, I didn't need to say anything else, so <laughs> I'll, I'll let you handle it.
0: Yeah, It's also an incredible musical. Every song in that movie is fucking dope. Even Be Prepared, which never gets the respect it deserves. But wow. anyway, I just don't like,
1: got to get hot yeah, about don't,
0: it. Don't don't. I'm, I'm, we better move on or I'm going to start getting worked up about The Lion King.
1: Ah, Jesus. I heard that <laughs> that song sucks. <laughs> oh, here
0: we go. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions: uh, Aladdin. You got you got the talking animals in Aladdin. I really liked. Um, and I will say, I really like 2019's Aladdin. I thought it was pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, um, Finding Nemo. Up. A lot of the Pixar movies, uh, you know, would would be ones for this list. Um, Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> bound. <Bam. laughs> Oh, I haven't thought about that one in a while. That Kanye song. Uh, Homeward Bound is another classic one. You kind of got to bring it up when you talk about talking animals. Those those were the ones that I, I kind of stopped after I got to like 10 because uh, I don't want to have a thousand honorable mentions. Did you have any others that we haven't mentioned?
1: Uh, Babe, Pig in the City. Nice. That's a great one. Yes. Um, And uh, Joe's Apartment.
0: Does <laughs> that what with the roaches?
1: Yeah, the cockroaches.
0: Oh, God. I never saw that. But I'm willing to bet that they're, fouls, they're foul-talking cockroaches, right? That's like a stoner comedy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah I thought so
1: I watched it when I was like six
0: I bet do you, you think you'd enjoy it now because I know your relationship with cockroaches is, is has, oh, has taken, cockroaches. Some, it's taken some turns since you were six
1: fuck those things
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh they're foul I don't like them <laughs> yeah there you go anyways that is our list uh let us know out there what did we miss what, what should have been higher on our lists I'm sure there are some out there these this, it's a popular thing to do in movies have some talking animals um so let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod what you think should have been a part of this week's Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All right, Seth, we keep things rolling and we're staying in the realm of movies, but with uh something, another fresh new segment. Why don't you set it up for us?
1: Fresh. Uh this one is where we take a crime off the internet and uh <laughs>
0: And the odds are it's a poo-poo and pee-pee crime.
1: Yeah, that's always poo-poo and pee-pee crime. That's the only <laughs> crimes available. Um, no, so this game is another movie game. So I'm going to start mixing some things up because uh, with, with making the quota, uh, it, it it's kind of getting limited to what I can pick. So am going to kind of give that one a little bit of a, of a rest. Uh, it'll definitely come back because it is fun. And maybe people forget the ones that we've done because I forgot the ones that we've done. Um so I'm able to put a few more in rotation. I maybe started a new actor, so I don't have to put myself into a in a hole here. But I have another game. So uh, Cody loves his movie trivia. Um, of course, we got a lot of big movie stars, and you know, each week we have you know something with with some notable actor in it coming out. So uh, what I kind of want to do is this game called First Impressions, where we take uh, there's a I'm going to take give Cody an option of three actors, and then I'll pull up his IMDb. So this will be all according to IMDb. Uh, get the first role that they acted in movie or TV show, and I'll give some hints about the movie or TV show, like the year it came out, some other people building it. Um, I'm going to make this a little bit, I mean, I'm going to give them a lot of clues, because some of these things, like all these actors I looked up, have stuff that, that they're in, their first actual thing they're in, that is, is going to be very hard. So, there'll be a lot more clues given with this game. Uh, we'll see if we can get it. This might be one of those, like, um, it'll be like an excitement when you actually win. Yeah, because some of these roles are so obscure. So if you actually know something or are able to guess it, that'll be an exciting moment. I don't expect you to get all these. So um, this is a game called First Impressions. All right, that's a funky. That's a funky song.
0: That's a funky one. Also, I can I can tell you really likes like going right into the sounder. Like you you punch it up right before you when you know the sounder's coming. You're like, here comes it, and yeah. then I get to hit it. That's really rewarding, isn't it? Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I understand that this will be this will be difficult, but I think you underestimate my power, Seth. Try me.
1: All right. Well, your actors. So this week we have, of course, we have Doolittle coming out, as well as we have Bad Boys for Life coming out. So I'm going to give you three actors. You choose one that you want to try and get their first role. Uh, you might even know it. We have, of course, Robert Downey Jr. We already talked about D- Doolittle. We have Robert Downey Jr. We have Will Smith. And Martin Lawrence, which one do you want to have their first impression?
0: Oh, uh, this is gonna be okay. I, I don't want to do Downey because I know his shit goes back in like the early 80s, and I don't, I have no clue. Um, I've got like exactly one guess for each of these other two. Um, uh, let's go ahead and do Will Smith. Let's do Will Smith,
1: big Willie style.
0: Yep. Uh, the obvious guess is Fresh Prince, but I'm assuming that's incorrect.
1: Well, I'm not gonna give you a billion guesses, so.
0: Oh, I have to just—I have to just decide what my guess is. But I'll
1: give—I'll give you some clues. I'm not—yeah, I'm not gonna—I'll give you one guess, but um, I'll give you clues on what the show is. Or this—in this this case, it's a show. So he was in a bunch of music videos, um, and there was some like—yeah—like videos and short films that didn't really—I won't necessarily say that. Like there's an ABC After School special, which technically was the first thing he was in, but that's—that's not fun. So the first thing that he got started in that really started his his active career uh it's a tv show from 1990 he was in a 1991 uh i'll say first appearance in this show this is gonna be tough
0: mm-hmm.
1: um the actors in this one uh my Mayim bialik my Mayim bialik is that oh her yeah name? yep um joey lawrence was in this one uh ted wass i think apparently it's his name i uh, uh
0: Okay, I, I've I've changed my guess. I won't tell you what it is yet, but I I you you've given me a clue already. I, I think I might I might know it, but keep 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 giving me clues. Uh,
1: it's so the I guess the the name of the show is based off of the lead character.
0: Okay, I think I know it. Um,
1: Don't cheat either.
0: No, I didn't. Um, the okay. So the reason I the reason I think I know this is because of of Mayim Bialik, who okay people will know from um. The Big Bang Theory. She's Sheldon's girlfriend, whose name I can't remember in that show. And I actually follow her on Instagram. And because because she's actually really funny and she talks about a lot of really interesting things. Um, I know that she got her start, I think, on the same show. And it's Blossom. She's the main star. Wow. I got it?
1: Wow, that's correct. Yeah,
0: buddy. For three for the win. Yes! LeBron. I can tell you, though, that's, that's the only way I was going to get that. Um, I would never have guessed that Will Smith was ever in Blossom. I never knew that. Uh, I so certainly didn't know it was he his first played, big
1: thing. He played the Fresh Prince. Apparently, that was the first appearance of the Fresh Prince. Really? According to IMDb, that's what it says. His name is Fresh Prince.
0: That is so... So, is Fresh Prince a spinoff of Blossom?
1: I did, it might be.
0: What? Fresh Prince Blossom. Oh my god! There are crossover episodes. Yeah, they they fucking blossom, and the Fresh Prince take place in the same universe.
1: Nice, the Blossom verse, a whole universe blossomed from that show.
0: Wow, that I I cannot believe that.
1: What my sweet joke?
0: Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you yeah, you're fucking marveling over Blossom over there.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm just pulling this. Uh, huh. Yeah. It looks like Blossom started first, but they were pretty much ran next to each other for most of their run. Um, or actually, they had crossovers in 91 and 92. So Fresh Prince must have started very shortly after Blossom. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's several characters from both shows that end up on the other ones. Uh, that's I cannot believe I didn't know that. Look at that. That's why we do this, right? To get yeah. some get some new and interesting facts out there. Oh, it, it, mission accomplished. Nasty. I didn't mean to hit that one. Um, <laughs> It's been doing that today. Listeners won't know the soundboard has been acting up today, and and, and you just got evidence of it
1: Oh, that's amazing. Wow. what if, like what if you would have been saying something like really nice and sentimental and it's just like, oh, that's nasty. yeah,
0: and I have to keep my hands up in the air later later on. we're going to talk about some some shit that like I don't want to be interrupted by fart noises so I'm going to have to do it with my head, hands up in the air, so um Oh man, I'm really happy with how that just went. I won, and we all learned something today. That's good. Also, I like that Sounds funky like that funky techno remix of uh, "That Don't Impress Me Much."
1: It's funky, but it like makes it makes it seem like you're not impressed by the things you learned.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Shania Twain doesn't give a fuck what I know about movie trivia. That's what we, <laughs> that's the other thing we've learned. Oh man! All right, well, we did blossom. Uh, let's roll forward. Uh, we're going to be doing some reviews from now on, uh, but before we get into reviews from recent movies, we got to get into one that Seth missed. This is We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat and... You're going to need a bigger boat. If you don't know, We Missed the Boat is a segment where Seth and I have assigned movie homework to one another. These are films that, uh, that we've been recommending to each other for years in some cases, and the other guy just has not found a way to see it, so we're forcing them on each other. Just like a never mind. Um, Jesus, why just decided right in the middle of the joke I was about to make that didn't seem like the place. Um, <laughs> anyway, we missed the boat. Uh, Seth has Seth has chosen a movie from my provided list, and he's going to review it for us now. And I'm intrigued. I have no idea what you've chosen. So, what do you got?
1: I chose Blossom. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I did uh, this solely because uh, it was leaving HBO uh this month and uh I'm cheap. I went with Thoroughbreds. Ooh, um yes. The the uh horse racing movie with a Toby Maguire. It's fucking fantastic. Um <laughs> no. <laughs> Thoroughbreds is uh on uh, on a Taylor Joy and is that her name? Yep. Anna Taylor. Okay. Anya. And Olivia cook. Yep. Okay. So they they are uh, best friends, I guess. I mean they they don't seem like it, but they kind of, I mean, when it comes down to it, they really are. Um Uh, Anna taylor joy has an issue with her stepfather and olivia cook is kind of fucked up she's uh she she doesn't have um emotions really and she suggests killing the the stepfather and so it's kind of like this weird um almost like a will they won't they do it type type movie um that's that's based off of their you know kind of their friendship and where they're both at in their lives and um really it's a really interesting independent movie um they make some interesting choices in it it's 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 shot kind of almost it's very kind of a darker shot movie but it's also like it's shot in like chapters and kind of has each each one has like a little bit of a distinct feeling to it um very artsy but i, I not really artsy but like you know thought out at least but uh i did really like it i, I like the independent feel to it um i i liked that it kind of went some places i didn't necessarily expect um and and the, the relationship between those two, Olivia Cook and Anna Taylor Joy, is 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 great. I thought they, they uh they really sold that and kinda had some layers to to that relationship. So I liked it a lot. I am kinda sad. I, I remember you went down to the art house theater here. I think I did, yep. Uh to to go see that. Uh that's one that I that I'm sad I missed on, on but uh, I did did really like it.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, last appearance also of Anton Yelkin, who is really playing against type in this. he's not what you'd expect him to be. Um, he is the, uh, he's the guy that they yeah, kind of broke yeah, into yeah, their yeah. situation. And, um, so he, he was kind of fun in this, uh, actually it released after his death. So it was a kind of posthumous mm-hmm. performance. Um, but I enjoyed this one and mo- I, I, I figured you would like it more than I did. Right. I liked it. I liked it, but I thought, oh man, this is definitely for Seth. So I, <laughs> I'm not surprised to hear that you enjoyed it. Um, it just has that, like you said, that indie feel, right. It's mm-hmm. just a little bit different from everything you've seen, which is cool. So your list now, Seth, is down to four, and we can't have that. So I'm going to give you another film. This is one I've been actually excited to give you for a while, Um, and I've recently seen it on Netflix, and so um, now is our opportunity. And I wanted to kind of lighten lighten the tone of your list, which I know is, is heavily with kind of some downer movies. So I'm going to give you Spielberg's Catch Me If You Can.
1: Oh my god! I just added that to. I almost actually just watched that recently, and I uh, had it on my list on Netflix.
0: Yes, you're gonna love this. Uh, this is it is Spielberg. It is Hanks and DiCaprio, both. Uh, you know, they're. It's hard to say when either of these guys is at their peak, but they're you're getting top notch both of those guys, and they're playing off each other in really fun ways. That movie is a blast. Um, it's very enjoyable and fun, and not so heavy like some of the other ones. So when you when that's what you're looking for, go to Catch Me if You Can. Word. Word. So, Catch Me If You Can. You just made the list! Seth now has two weeks to watch either Catch Me If You Can or what, one of his other four films, which are what now?
1: Silence of the Lambs, uh, v-, v-, v for Vendetta, The Game, uh, Burn After Reading, and Catch Me If You Can.
0: Okay, I think we've got a nice balance there. We've got a couple, a few lighthearted movies in there now, um, along with some, some harder-hitting ones. Uh, next week... I will be reviewing either Toy Story 3, Fighting With My Family. <laughs> Toy Story 3 has been on my list since the first edition of the list. Maybe yeah, I, sh- I should I, just watch that to get something new in
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> that slot is getting dusty and decrepit. <laughs> uh, Toy Story
0: 3. It's like my 3. bedroom. Oh, gosh. Uh, Fighting With My Family, Young Adult, Chasing Amy, and Loose. Which, I should watch Toy Story 3. Loose is one that I've been trying to fucking watch for a month, but you won't let me because you wanted to put it on the list. Um, but uh, I'll see I'll see what I get to next week. Um it'll just depend on you know when I sit down what, what uh what what the mood strikes, I suppose. So we will see. Uh, review from me c- coming <laughs> coming up next week and a review from Seth the following week in our We Miss the Boat. Oh we're eh? gonna
1: need a bigger boat.
0: All right, Seth. We move on from We Missed the Boat into some brand new, hot, fresh movie reviews.
1: Mom? Gross. What do you think? I love it.
0: (laughs) I hated it. All right. Big movie weekend. A couple couple of wide releases. And uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. For me, really great movie weekend. Um, We have two movies to review. We both saw each of these. And I want to start with Just Mercy, which is... The, uh, the newest Michael B. Jordan film also starring Jamie Foxx, uh, Michael B. Jordan is a, a lawyer who moves to Alabama to help, um, to help prison inmates who are on death row get legal counsel because it's really, it's next to impossible for them to get legal counsel because of what it costs and, uh, it's a, it's availability and the racism that goes on down there. Um, it's set, I believe in the very late eighties, um. Maybe like eighty nine, mm-hmm. ninety, and based on a true story, um, which is very interesting. I didn't, I didn't realize that going in, um, which probably was all over the advertising, and I somehow missed it. But uh, Just Mercy was an interesting movie. It's you know y- you've seen you've seen a lot of this done before, but I think it's done really well here. It's courtroom drama, it is um, you know prison drama and attorney drama, and so you get you get all of those good stuff. Uh, I thought. I thought uh, a really good Jamie Foxx performance in this. He, he's playing uh-huh. a little bit of a different character, but was really effective and and really affecting uh, when he needed to be. I enjoyed Michael B. Jordan in this, but I, I, Michael B. Jordan is not the, the showcase here. He's kind of your straight man. He's there to react to things, and he does so really effectively, but um, he's not asked to do anything really crazy and over the top for this. You know, he wouldn't have like an Oscar reel of him having some shouty scene. But he's a really good surrogate for the audience to kind of see what's going on in this Alabama community and how horrible it is. And uh, Jamie Foxx was a real highlight for me in this. And uh, Brie Larson uh, was was really nice. in a, a minor supporting role, but an important one in the film. And she's, uh, she's affecting a Southern accent, which was... Man, I thought I liked Brie Larson, and then I heard her do a Southern accent, and I was like... Now I really liked Brie Larson. Um, (laughs) You're creepy. This to me was a man can have his preference, Seth. Um, This to me was, was a movie that, you know, it, it, it wasn't a crazy ambitious movie. It just was like, here's a story, an interesting one. We want to tell it. We got some actors who were going to act effectively enough to put the story through. Uh, I'm not screaming from the rooftops that this is my favorite movie, but I, I really enjoyed it and it really got in under me and I I was wet-necked um, a couple times during this movie, I will admit. Uh, there's Ew. some there's some heavy emotional beats in this uh, that some are, some are really tough to watch, but they're all really affecting. So like this is a, and it's race-based, you know, so maybe I just have a higher sensitivity to it than others, but um, a really effectively done, you know, it, it, I got more out of it than I kind of expected to it being a January release, um, and not getting a ton of press, um, so I, I was like, maybe this is going to be a little bit of a letdown. But I was really, I really enjoyed this.
1: No, I agree with uh, everything you said. Uh, Just Mercy hit me in a lot of a lot of places too um, emotionally. I I had a, I had a wet neck <laughs> after after that <laughs> one. Maybe not a wet neck, but definitely uh, you know wet corners of the eyes and, and that type of thing. Um, I wet, my neck, uh, stays dry unless I'm running, uh, a, a mile or something. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it's, uh, great performances all around. You mentioned Jamie Foxx, uh, you know, this is one of the best performances, uh, you know, in a while for him. I think this is probably the best since Ray, honestly, I think he, he did an amazing job in this one. Um, you know, he kind of disappeared in, into this role and, uh. You know, I, I think the movie too. You know, I, I didn't really know the story. I, I actually did see the guy Brian Stevenson on some talk shows and stuff with Michael B. Jordan, and uh, you know, he's he's a really interesting dude. And and uh, you know, I think uh, Michael B. Jordan doesn't really necessarily play exactly like him, but he does a good job with him. Get you know at least capturing the personality and and you know some of his mannerisms and things like that. But um, again, Jamie Fox is, is the best I've seen him in a long time. Um, I think the the only issue that you know I think that can kind of be said and I, with this one is I think it does suffer a little bit from like almost that like that white savior type thing at times uh, especially yeah. with some of the guards and that type of thing so yep. it it does have again that agenda we've been talking about and and you know it's it's kind of the same issue that like Green Book a lot of people had with Green Book last year too so really well done movie um, and, and honestly like it did. It has a couple like false false finishes, a little bit of twist turn twists and turns here and there too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's 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 an interesting story though, and uh, I think it's really well done. I really really enjoyed the movie a lot.
0: Yeah, it was great. I think the the if I had one complaint, I would think so. the The story of Jamie Fox's character is is at the fore, right? That's that's what we're meant to really be connected with. But there's a couple of side stories that happen, which I really enjoyed. But I think in the middle part of the movie. There was a strange, the balance between the different stories that were happening uh, was just a little off to me. It seemed like it, they shook me loose just a couple times, but that was it was minor. And like I said, uh, there are two kind of main stories. If 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 you've seen that, you'll they'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, they're both incredibly affecting. But the balance between them the two and through the middle part of the movie was a little bit strange for me. Um, but everything in this was. This is another movie where the story itself, it being a true story, is sort of your main character finding out what happened and being like, "Shit, this really happened," um, was was really rewarding. But uh, they they struck some tones with with score and with pacing and with some of the acting uh, in certain scenes. There's a couple scenes in this that are just crushing. And a couple that are that are total euphoric. And the, what they did with the emotional, the heavy emotional beats in this were were just it was choice. They got me in all my spots. Sound like they got you in your spots too. Um, but this was a nice, a pleasant surprise. You're not going to hear much about this movie being in the heart of Oscar season right now. But it's it's a recommendation. I think check it out. Um, if you don't catch it in theaters, it'd be a great one to watch at home also. Um, but I I'm recommending you get out and see this. I think Seth, that you would agree. I like it. I like it. Um, Just Mercy, very, very good film. Uh, I'm afraid that it, it, in my, in my memory will be overshadowed by the other film that we saw, um, 1917, which this is Sam Mendes, World War One uh, story. It was, uh, filmed as a simulated one shot. So this is two hours of essentially real time, um, for two soldiers, two British soldiers who were tasked with, uh, traveling by foot to deliver a message that, uh, the, the attack that's planned for the next day is walking directly into a trap. And a lot of people are going to get killed if that attack happens. So our main characters have to deliver the message to don't do the attack, call it off. And the, it's, it's such a simple premise. These guys just got to walk over there, right? But everything that happens in this movie is so Intense, and there's this the the simulated one shot nature of it. The way that it's shot feels almost like you're a third person walking with them, and it puts you really close to all the action. There's a, there's a ton of crazy, really well choreographed. Because remember, it's a one shot. They're not cutting in this. Really well acted, um, really well shot action set pieces, along with some really close in intimate conversations and things. And this movie, I, 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 want to let you talk before I gush too much, but I, I told someone this the other day and I stand by it. This is, this is one of the best movies that I've ever seen in my life. And I said earlier, I think it's a, I think it's an easy slam dunk best picture. I would, I would frankly be offended if anything else won best picture because this, I want to talk more about it, but I want to give you a chance to give your, your first thoughts before I do that.
1: (laughs) No, you go ahead.
0: (laughs) I just, do you really want me to go ahead? Because I'll say that's everything. That's fine. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Um, this movie, when you think you can... So I was talking to our friend Lindsay, uh, who works in film about this movie, and you could go to 1917, and you can say, I want to see some war action. And you can watch the entire movie just for the war action, and you would love it. It's great war action. You can watch it the entire way just for an emotional, harrowing journey that's a really difficult journey for these soldiers, and it's that great. And you can watch it for the simulated one-shot and the cinematography, and you would just enjoy it on that level. You can watch it exclusively for the score, which is incredible. Um, you can watch it just for the acting, and that's incredible. Every single thing that you would like about a movie individually, it does as good as any movie I've seen. Like, the the two actors, the two main actors in this who aren't nominated, I think that at least one of them should have been, uh, in my opinion, but it, it's such a great slate of actors. It's hard to, and, you know, I understand that it was. The actors who got nominated deserved it, but I really wish at least one of these guys would have been. Um, but you talk about putting together the cinematography, the score, the plot of this movie. While really simple, is really meaningful. It's got the dialogue isn't a lot, but every word is meaningful. You've got the element of of time in this because you know they're on a clock. It adds to this level of tension that this movie is intense. Like when I say this movie gets gets multiple wet codies. And it's because I cried during this movie and I was sweaty at the end of this movie. It is so fucking intense. And there's, I have been racking my brain for three days. I cannot think of a negative thing to say about this movie. Um, I, now I, I may have a little bit of bias. This movie is about, so what you, what you, you know, from the trailers and also from the exposition at the beginning of the movie, the, the people that they're going to try to save Um, one of the people is one of our main characters, brother. And so for me, uh, this is a movie about military guys trying to save their brother. And I have a brother who is currently in the military. And so maybe this hit me emotionally deeper than some other than it would for some other people. Um, but it, this movie, I, I'm not kidding. When I say this, I cried for 15 minutes after this movie was over. Um, and I've (laughs) never had that happen in any movie ever. Um, I was affected by this for like most of the day afterwards and it was every, everything I go to the movies to get, I got from this movie and I, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm running out of things, but every, every time I stop and think about a scene from the movie, there's a, there's a scene, um, that they show in the trailer a lot where one of the guys is running at the camera and there's a lot of people running around him and a lot of explosions. And you see a scene like that, and you think, wow, that must have been like really hard to shoot, which definitely it fucking was. And it's really impressive to just watch it. And when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, oh, I got to see this movie. That that shot's incredible. But then you get that shot in the context of the movie, and that shot is one of my favorite. If we did a list of like our top favorite movie moments uh, from the last year, uh, that would be one of them. And we could do it for the last decade, and that would be one of them. Like, when you have the context behind specifically that shot, it is so much more meaningful than, oh cool, look at the explosions, you know? Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: the entire movie is that way. Like I said, it's it's great to watch just because technically it's brilliantly put together. But then when you watch it within the context, and there's a lot of emotional context in this movie, um, it, it elevates everything to this level that to me is just it's it's unimpeachable. I I cannot think of a negative thing to say and i I, frankly i want to fight anyone who does i and i'm out of breath that's the only reason i'm stopping but i have plenty of (laughs) more nice things to say
1: well you know what i hated it so
0: (laughs) i know that's not true
1: (laughs) no it's great um i i definitely echo a a lot of what you said i mean it'd be hard to repeat everything you said so um (laughs) I, i don't think i could um but uh no, I, I think it's definitely great. It would be in my top ten uh, for 2020 for sure, or 2019 for sure. Um, I I don't I think for me the only issues I had with it are more personal things, and the personal things were that there's a lot of big moments when you go back and watch the trailer even afterwards, which I which I've seen again after uh, a lot of big things are in the trailer, mm-hmm. and so I knew like when stuff was coming, like I knew. By the t- and, and that's one of the things, like, I, I you know, th- just thinking about this movie and like tra- having seen trailers a lot, um, I knew, like, oh, that, that, what, you, th- there are certain scenes in the trailer that I knew were still coming because I saw them in the trailer. So, like, I knew there's. I- I've even figured out, like, oh, you know, this part is in the trailer or this upcoming part's going to be in the trailer, that type of thing. So, sure. Um, yep. That, that was annoying for me. And it took me out of it a little bit. And that's my own bias, you know, I guess for having seen it, but there's not a thing you can deny in this movie. Maybe, you know, I think you could maybe, um, I, I don't know, I, I guess there really isn't, to me, I guess there there's just, there isn't a ton of dialogue, so that's maybe not the strongest script out there, but, um, you know, there, there's certain things I bet you could nitpick, but, uh, you know, I, I, it definitely is you know everything you said there. it's it's a great movie. I wouldn't again personally say it's you know, it's for me. It's you know my favorite film of uh, one of my favorite films of all time. It's not one I you know I don't think I'll it's one that I'll you know it'll be a lot of discussions and I'll remember it because you know, I've had discussions about it, but it's not one like I'm gonna go back and watch you know multiple times or anything like that. Um, you know, I'll probably see it again at some point, but it's not like, oh, you know, I want to watch a great war movie. I'm going to instantly turn on 1917. You know, there's other great ones out there, too. So um, great movie for sure. Um, maybe you're you're definitely higher on it for for, you know, just reasons, of course. But if you mm-hmm. were out there trying to save your brother, um, I think you'd unfortunately be screwed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll tell you what my brother told me. So I I, uh, I talk, I've talked with my brother since seeing it. And uh, one thing that's interesting for us is. Um, my this won't make sense to everybody, but I, I think it I think it's understandable. War movies have a lot different context when you personally know people that are, you know, in the military um, currently, right? Like my parents are veterans, but they're, you know, conceivably my brother might be in some of these situations sometime. And so that it makes it hard for me to enjoy a lot of military movies but this one has been so lauded and I loved the one shot aspect That I was like, okay, I gotta just suck it up and go see this. And I was really glad I did this. And like, I think like Hacksaw Ridge was the last war movie I saw. And that was equally, you know, it was right up there, mm-hmm. very well made also. Um, and that would be, I guess, a warning for people. Like it, you, understand that this is going to be affecting. There's gore in this you're seeing and really realistic stuff. Um, it's going to be affecting and you need to prepare yourself emotionally for that. I was not ready and it fucked up a lot of my day. Um, so understand you're getting into a heavy emotional film. Um, but for it to transcend that and still be enjoyable was awesome. So I was talking to my brother and I said, you know, based on what I saw in this, you you might not want to go. There's some things in it that I've through conversations I've had with him in the past. I know that he wouldn't want to see. And that's understandable, but we got into a conversation. Um, we were talking about what's what's going on with Iran right now, and politically, and uh, <laughs> he said something about the draft, and and I laughed, and I said, um, I said to him, uh, I'll be glad uh, if I get drafted. They won't send me to Russia because I'm black, and they'll be able to see me in the snow. And he said, the army is not going to send you to Russia unless they need their taxes done. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but uh, my dad who loves war movies, he went and saw it, like I said, and he, he thought it was awesome. And um, everybody, everybody who's seen it is shouting its praises. Again, strictly from a technical standpoint, it's awesome. You could watch it be completely emotionally unattached and just appreciate the degree of difficulty here. But if you can really get hooked in and behind the characters and get emotionally involved, it is incredibly rewarding. Um, and if you need a good cry, if you don't, if this movie doesn't make you cry at some point, at least a little bit, I question your sanity because it is, it's heavy at times and I loved it for a movie that made me incredibly sad. It made me incredibly happy at times also. Um, but made me that made me cry that much. Um, and then for me to say that I loved it and I want to see it again, uh, it should be all the indicator you need if you listen to this show often. I cannot recommend this enough. Again, understand what you're getting into, but it's high recommendation to me. Best picture, and I, you know, one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. I know that listeners of the show were like, "Cody always does this recently biased bullshit," where he, every movie he says is his favorite. I think this one will 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 stick around for a very long time. Um, I, yeah, it's just. We got to move on because I just I'll continue to just keep talking about and there's specific scenes if you know spoilers and things that like thematically and um, symbolically they do a lot of shit that like you if you think about a scene afterwards and you think oh and then they did this and that symbolizes this uh, it's so deep you know for what it is and it literally is just a story of two guys they got to just walk over there that's all they got to do and for it to be everything that it is with that simple of a story. Uh, to me is so impressive like this is this is what i hope for i wish every movie could do what this movie did to me um but they can't but this one did and that will be the last thing i say about it. it is incredible uh if we redid our list it would be hard for me not to put it at the top uh for 2019 so that's what i think have i been and emphatic enough about my recommendation do you think do you think people will understand
1: man 2020 was a really great year i can't believe it's over already um
0: <laughs> you know what I mean, 2019. But I no no I no, was no, no no
1: no I was I, basically I'm making fun of you because you've been going on for a year.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I've been going on for a year, and 1917 is still my favorite movie this year. <laughs> okay, I'll stop gushing there. But people need to get the point. I love the fucking movie. Okay.
1: I think we get it.
0: I'm actually out of breath. Um. Th- thank God. Yeah. Anyways. Some great movies in the theater right now. Go see both of them. Just Mercy and 1917. Both getting recommendations from Seth and I. And uh, that's always... It feels like a light week because recently we've had so much shit. Um, but January has slowed down. I know there's a few big releases coming out this weekend. So I've uh, got some fun stuff. Bad Boys uh, I'm going to try to go check out. And uh, Shake I don't know off the top my the head. F- you know off the top of your head what, what else is this weekend?
1: Doolittle is the other one. Doolittle.
0: Yes. I forgot about that.
1: I've heard that as it's bad.
0: I can't wait to see it. (laughs) Even if it's bad, I can't wait to see it. Um, But uh, anyway, yeah, that's reviews for this week. Mom, what do you think? I love
1: it. I hated it.
0: All right, guys. uh, End of reviews means we're just about to the end of the show. Uh, But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one, one more thing. I could not think of a one more thing, so I will just say this. Um, 1917 uh, is God so good damn it, I knew you were going <laughs> to do that No, I, 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 I actually do want to use my one more thing to reiterate 1917 is incredible go see it I'll leave it at that
1: oh man one of these times you're going to see a movie and not blow it
0: <laughs> this, that's why I had to blow this movie so hard because I do I blow most, most I enjoy most movies and I, enjoy, I just enjoyed this eh. one so much that I had to blow it that much more
1: I don't know if you enjoy most movies, but when you do enjoy a movie, you you do enjoy it emphatically. Yeah. But hey, I make it. Clear. I, I'm happy for you. Clear. I'm glad that you that you. Uh, I'm glad that you you are passionate about your movies, even though a few weeks later usually back off and and uh, give your honest opinion.
0: <laughs> I won't be back, dude. Like I, uh, G- I know. Gina, my my girlfriend went with me, and she like rubbed my back afterwards. Like she thought I was like in serious distress. Uh, that's how that's how hard I I did the. <laughs> Thing when I was, cr- it was, I was a mess, dude, like, I, this, when I tell you this movie got under me, this oh. movie got the fuck under me, dude.
1: I, uh, I wish so badly we, we, we would still, you would have still lived here and we did the ride home. That would have been the oh, best dude. ride home I, ever. I,
0: you, you would have had to drive, dude, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy shit, dude.
1: Oh my God, that would have been incredible. That would have been so great. <laughs>
0: So Cody, what would you think of the movie? I'd be like, "Oh my god, it's just like,
1: the scene." <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what do uh,
1: you got? Um, I would just want to reiterate reiterate 1917 is the best.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh,
1: no, 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 no. Uh, my one more thing. You'll, you'll actually like,
0: before uh, you go on, um, there is one more thing I want to say about about 1917. Get the fuck out of here. Um, uh, well, I don't want to say it in my own voice. I just want to say that it, again. If we if we did uh, our 2019 movie list again, that 1917 guys, it's all my top movies of the year.
1: That's what I would have to say about it. <laughs> did you just clip that out? Uh,
0: no, I actually clipped one other thing out. While while I was crying, I was I was in between like sniffles. I was going, oh, "Mommy." That's how. That, that's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Shout out! <laughs> shout, shout out to Dad. Jared Buckingale. for for those couple of bites from last week's episode. Mommy. <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> 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 uh,
1: <laughs> that's so weird. I don't like it. <laughs> <sighs> My one more thing. Um, so one thing, and kind of, I, I've been meaning to talk about. We just never had the, opp- haven't had the opportunity yet. Opportunity to yet is, um, you know, kind of some things I want to do with movies. This last year, um, at least watching movies. So this last year we did We Missed the Boat, which has been nice adding some movies in. Um, And then last year I wanted to get to over 100 movies. That was kind of my movie resolution, and I made it to, uh, you know, like 111 or 12 before the year ended, and then have added a couple more since. But um, obviously I want to see as many movies as I can this year, and we got uh, Missed the Boat. So one thing that I want to do that I didn't really – haven't taken advantage of in the past uh, at – at the theater around here in Cedar Rapids, they do like a retro series where they play older movies. Um, and lately they've been going through uh, the, some of Tarantino's movies. And so they 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 started with uh, Reservoir Dogs recently. So I had an opportunity to go see that in the theater. I've never seen Reservoir Dogs. And so um, I, I got a chance to see that. Uh, great movie. I, I did really enjoy it. Um, it's, it. It's aged a little weird at times, but um, it, it definitely is a, it's a really good movie. Um, I can definitely see the the, the beginnings of Tarantino um, you know in, in that movie and, and some of the the the, the different um, things that he does as, as kind of recurring throughout his movies uh, started here. Um, the, the thing that wasn't knowing about seeing this is something I'll have to get used to with going to these movies is that mostly everyone there, probably everyone else there has seen it before. And I sat next to these two kids who are not kids. They're probably in their early 20s who um, I think like to pretend they're they're uh, like um, auteurs and they they, mm. <laughs> they 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 are very they were kind of pretentious about what they are talking about, um, even like going through because they did show trailers beforehand. Um, and so they they were like kind of almost critiquing the new movies coming out, like because there's a lot of like Oscar type stuff they were putting trailers on for. And they were, like, almost critiquing some of the movies. And then, like, they were, like, almost repeating lines during the movie. And that was a little annoying, uh, a lot annoying. And so I had to, you know, that's something to get used to with going to these. But I do want to go more and more to these uh, because, they, you know, they typically show a lot of good classic movies. Um, And I'm going to continue with Tarantino, Kill Bill, Volume 2. I've seen the first one, but not Volume 2. So I'm going to check that out here in the theater uh, in a few weeks when they show that. And I, that's something something I just want to do more of because it was kind of cool to see an older movie like that that had you know still looked like the you know had like the the kind of the fuzziness to the camera and everything like that it looked like it you know it, it didn't it wasn't like a remastered version or anything like that it you know looked like it probably would have been played in in the nineties so um, so yeah it it it's cool to see those movies on on a on a big screen like that and I, I definitely want to get to a lot more.
0: Yeah, that's that's really fun to do. I've I've I'm like you. I've only I rarely take advantage of that, but um, occasionally I do get to one. Was um, was Reservoir Dogs was it in a different aspect ratio or was it in widescreen?
1: Uh, they showed it in the widescreen. You know, like it, the, yeah.
0: That's yeah. the only. Th- I always wonder, like, when I go to an older movie if they're going to change up the aspect ratio on me, but. Um, um, no, that, that is a good one. And by the way, uh, before you get to Kill Bill 2, I know you've seen it before, but Kill Bill 1 is on Netflix right now, in case you need a refresher. Uh, and that goes for everyone else out there, too. All right, so we got, uh, what do we got? We got uh, Tarantino doing his thing in the theater and me crying like a baby back bitch in my theater uh, this week And One More Thing. But I'm down to one, one more thing. Uh oh, Mommy. <laughs> that's going to do it for episode 127 of the SoCo Show. Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening. New episodes of this show every Thursday. And, of course, the sports show every Friday as we get closer to the Super Bowl and the NFL. Um, lots of great stuff. Again, make sure you hit an anchor. If you want to be a contributor, hit us up there. Uh, keep an eye out, uh, especially on next week's description. I'll probably post the link to the Oscar game. Uh, so make sure you're hitting that up and participating. I uh, want to give a shout out to all of our sponsors. Make sure you hit the links there and head over there. And also to At Jared Buckendall. Uh, we're going to link to his update in case you want to watch the replay. Uh, make sure you're heading over to Jared and supporting him in all of his new endeavors, which we are really excited for. And uh, we hope to be uh, someday uh, a part of. Uh, we'd love to, to be on some of Jared's new stuff. But um, anyway, until then, uh, thanks for joining us for episode 127. He is Seth Ott. I am Cody Michael.